Welcome everyone to the State Hornets' newest podcast. I'm Nigel Dotson and I'm co-hosting with my good man Keyshawn Davis and you're listening to the first episode of Keys in D Minor. This podcast started after our uh, Silk Sonic review for the State Hornet last semester. After that we have had several discussions about music and I'm happy to bring uh, those discussions to this podcast. But Keys in D minor won't just be <laughs> me and Key going back and forth debating music all day. We'll actually have several guests as the uh, show goes along. And for this first episode, our first guest is Sacramento musician Camila Covington. So stay tuned for our interview with her after we debate a few albums that came out over the break. All right. So, Key, a couple weeks ago, both uh, Gunna and The Weeknd dropped their albums on the same night, and I texted you immediately once everyone knew it was happening, and I was like, bro, I'm pulling up, get the speakers ready, get the bottle ready, we listening. And so I did, I was there, you was there, your dog was there, shout out to Ralphie. Shout out. And we were all the better for it. So I wanted to ask you who you thought did a better job, The Weeknd or Gunna. I kind of already know your opinion, just based on the uh, little listening sesh we had, but let the listenership know. All right, so, you know, Drip Season 4 and Don FM. The first uh, album that we listened to was Drip Season 4, and I'm not really a Gunna fan, mm. um, <laughs> but I did enjoy the album. It was it was, it was was okay. Like, uh, like fine? It was fine. Like 5.5 um, 5 out of 10? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, here's my thing about, like... Let's hear your thing. <laughs> my thing about uh, Drip Season 4, Gunna, and all that, like... For the album for me to be really good, it has to have a lot of good like replayability. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think I would be listening to uh, Drip Season Four like you know throughout the entire year. But the Weekends album, mm. the Weekends album was fire. <laughs> I love that album. I love the concept of that album um, and everything like that. Uh, and yeah, what about you? What do you, how do you feel about? The Weeknd's album, Dawn FM, and Drip Season 4? Well, Key, I think that Gunna's album was more than okay. Um, I think, you know, I've been a, I'm like the opposite of you. I've been a Gunna fan for a while now, um, ever since Drip Season 3, actually, which came out in 2018. And I just think, I don't think he topped Drip Season 3 or whatever, but I feel like you can still kind of hear Gunna's musical progression if that makes any sense. Right. So I wouldn't say it's necessarily a better project. And he's had other projects in between. It's not like it was Drip Season 3 and then Drip Season 4. He dropped one of last year and stuff like that. Right. But I think that Gunna's just a better artist than he was three years ago. But right. there's, I mean, there's some redundancy in there, I got to be honest, like just between like songs and beats. But I still thought it was a really fun project in terms of re- replayability. I personally have been listening to the Gunna album more than the Weeknd album, but that doesn't mean that I also don't think that the Weeknd's album is solid or replayable. And really, we're talking about different standards, right. I think, as well. And they're two different genres as well. Yes, two different genres, two different standards. I feel like, obviously, you know, the Weeknd is a little bit higher on the totem pole than Gunna, so our expectations are always a little different. Right. Like kind of like It's kind of like the Drake effect in a way, I feel like. Like people like, oh man, certified lover boy is trash, it's mid, it's this and that, but it's still if you really go back and listen, it's probably one of like the what, ten, fifteen best albums from last year, but it's not like a top five Drake album. So you get into gray area there when you're talking about like the absolute biggest of acts. Right. Like I think 
that the weekends project from what was it last year two years ago after hours after hours yeah i think that was 2020 yeah so a couple years ago i thought that that project was like far better than don fm but i just i thought that that project was far better than don fm but i still liked it right it just it hasn't moved me and how did it move you because for me personally don fm is like i like i get that it's a concept album and that's super cool like the radio thing like i get it like the weekend is back but it's just not doing what some of the other weekend projects have done for me in the past. What is it doing for you that it's not doing? So for, for me, me, I love Don FM, of course, like you mentioned, it being a concept. I love the concept of the album of it being like a late night radio, like, you know, station, uh, talk show kind of. Um, this album to me took me like basically on a journey. And if you've been listening to the weekend, uh, for a long time, you know that he likes to experiment with his music. And what I think, he did with this album he's perfectly uh combined all of those you know experimental uh songs and albums that he went through all in one album mm-hmm. that's why i really like it you know because if you really listen to it from the beginning it's kind of like a techno you yeah. know upbeat type stuff and then he goes into pop r&b later on in the album and i just think it was beautifully crafted yeah and he's on that like techno disco stuff now lately because right. even it's weird because After Hours has some, like, the hits are kind of like that. But mm-hmm. if you ask, actually listen to it, it's, like, way darker right. than what you would think if you just heard, like, Blinding Lights. Like, that's not the tone of the whole album. Right. Or, like, Save Your Tears, songs like that. Love that song. If you listen to just the hits <laughs> off that, you think it's, like, a super fun, upbeat album. But it's really, like, sad as hell sometimes. Right. <laughs> so um, do you feel like this is kind of the same? Or, like, what is he, like... You know, it's it's weird. I don't I don't I don't think this is like a sad album to him. Mm-hmm. Uh to me, I don't think it's really a sad album, but uh you know, I think that he's I think it's more about his uh what he's going through in his life right now, like that song um that song about Angelina Jolie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh how he's dating, he's currently dating a movie star. I love yeah. that. <laughs> I love hearing songs like that. Um but yeah, which leads us to our next topic uh how did drip season four outsell the weekend because it's the better project (laughs) (laughs) but no 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 in all seriousness so drip season so this is make sense to me i know you asked me the question right (laughs) but make this make sense to me so drip season forever is actually the name of the project outsold the weekend 150k to 148k which i mean uh, after hours did 444k right. so I'm not even sure I, like I don't want to say oh there's a weekend drop off or anything like that because I know he it was kind of more of a surprise album in a way mm-hmm. but I feel like that's pretty steep right. of a decline not saying the weekend's declining as an artist or anything but just the sales like I think it's like weird that that even happened Right. but back to what you asked me uh, Gunna's at like 150k the weekend's at 148k but then I was seeing tweets all on my timeline like oh like the weekend is getting the most monthly Spotify listener uh, listens ever, and he has all 24 of the songs on the album charting on the Spotify charts. So he's like out streaming, but losing. But then physical sales isn't really a thing anymore. Right. So like, does that make sense to you? Because <laughs> it does not make sense to me. It doesn't, and I don't even know how they, how do they calculate that? You know what I mean? Um, because if he sold more, like, how do how do how do they? How do they measure sales? You know what I mean? Because everything is right. streaming now, and basically CDs are obsolete. So I don't know how that works. So that's that's something that uh, 
that's kind of weird but like how much like how many streams is like one album equivalent unit or whatever exactly i mean i'm sure they i'm sure if we look it up right now it's literally as simple as that but i just feel like it's weird to it's weird to have music be like sold in that way because this is basically what people are like growing up on now it's like Mm -hmm. all these new artists coming out like they're just used to i mean back in the day when I was real, real young, you're a little bit, little bit older than me. You know, <laughs> sorry bit. to date you on here a bit. bit. <laughs> um, I like they actually used to physically sell CDs, bro. I remember like, I used that, to buy them. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. So yeah, so I'm glad you could. I'm glad that you're a little bit older and you can speak to that. Right. Because really, I mean, I caught like the tail end of that. Like once I really started paying attention to music, but for the most part, like the streaming boom is like that lines up with all my like late middle school, high school, like listening to music. Right, you know, as like a twenty-one-year-old, but you just being a little bit older, I keep calling you old. Bro. I'm sorry. I'm twenty-seven. <laughs> you seen that Kevin Hart Don Cheeto thing? Yeah. Like, Damn, you old. Damn. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, but um, <laughs> like, what what does it feel different to you? Like when back when, like for instance, like when Kanye and Fifty Cent had like their sales war and stuff like that, and people were selling a million copies, like all physicals, and now it's like, oh, he sold six hundred k. 500k came from Spotify and Apple Music listens like can you feel a difference at all in like the way music is moving it's most definitely different you know what I mean like when back when I used to buy CDs the first CD I ever bought was uh, Take Care by Drake Uh you know what I mean and I bought basically every single J. Cole album um, up until uh, probably his latest one Um, but uh I, I enjoy, you know, buying CDs and stuff like that, but, you know, I see the shift going from, you know, uh, to digital and, you know, the new age that we're going in right now. Um, yeah, it's definitely different than what it used to be, for sure. Do you feel like that's part of why music is so, because everything feels so, like, fast-paced, right? Mm-hmm. It's like two albums come out, Gun in the Weekend drop on the same day. And two weeks later or three weeks later or a month later, we're already ready to move on. Like, we're not really sitting with the music. Right. And so that's why the replay value of certain things, like, that's why you probably can't see the novelty of how great the Gunna album is. Because, right. like, you got to get ready for the next album. And if Gunna's not your favorite artist, like, The weekend because he's one of your favorites, you'll sit with the music. But Gunna, you won't give him that listen to, like, really give him a chance. Because, right. hey, my next favorite artist, you know, might be dropping and Gunna's just not relevant enough for me personally to actually stick around and listen to it over and over again until I realize how good it is and how much better it is than Don FM. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so, but all right. (laughs) So yeah, over the uh, winter break, two albums had dropped. Uh, Roddy Rich album dropped in December. Uh, I believe that was called Live Life Fast. And uh, Corday dropped in... January, like mid-January, um, and that album was from a bird's eye view. Um, in your opinion, which album was better? Well, got to be honest, uh, I definitely just listened to them back-to-back not too long ago just in preparation for just this very question on this very pilot episode of our new podcast. <laughs> but, um, but in doing that, you know, something struck me as interesting. Um, I listened to them back to back and I listened to Corday's project first and I just felt like you could really feel the difference in what you were listening to quality wise. Right. You know, when I'm listening to Corday, I'm like, oh, this is like great music. And then you listen to Roddy like literally 10 minutes later. And I love Roddy Rich, by the way, prefacing that I don't, this is not like a Roddy (laughs) slander podcast at all. I think we 
I mean, we live in California. You have to be a Roddy Rich fan. <laughs> no matter what part of California you're into, like, Roddy's the best. But not on this album he wasn't. Yeah. And um, I just, Corday's album was, like, really, really good. And Roddy's album was just, like, really, really average at best. And listening to them back to back, it made it, it made Roddy's album even worse to me. Like, I still don't know what the last two songs sound like. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I just, I just knew I'd had enough by, like, track, whatever. Right. And... I loved Roddy's last project, so it's kind of like a letdown. He's one of those artists that I just assume like wasn't gonna be missing anytime soon. Right. You know what I mean? He his first album was great. His mixtapes before that were great. The Feed the Streets project. Everyone like everyone everyone knows those, everyone loves those. And the thing that made Roddy's, you know, quote unquote miss so surprising was that, you know, he's not one of those artists where like like remember when like the baby came out and he was hot, mm. but he was just dropping songs back to back to back and right. albums back to back two projects in a year. So like that grew real tired real fast. You kind of see why. Mm-hmm. But with Roddy, he did the thing where he dropped a dang near classic and then sat on it. So you like, oh, real music coming. Right. Because we're used to. I mean, we listen like Kendrick and Cole. Like oh, two years in between albums. You know, we eating when you come back. Like you can't take a year off in this music climate too, where you really can't afford to. Right. Because we just talked about how fast paced the music industry is. Like, and how easy it is to forget how great certain artists are because the next ones are always coming. Right. So you can't take a year off and then come back and drop some mid. That's just not the way music is right now. Honestly. Baby Keem coming. Corday coming. Oh, we didn't talk about Corday. Corday. Corday's so for me, mm-hmm. uh, the albums, I li- you know, I listened to the Roddy Rich album first in uh, December. And uh, like I said earlier about the replayability, like... It doesn't really have that for me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I love Roddy Rich, like you said. <laughs> Can't li- not like Roddy Rich, but it didn't have that replayability for me. There was only like two songs that I like, which is 25 Million and uh, Late at Night. The two singles from the, before? Yeah. <laughs> before that album actually dropped. Right. <laughs> songs we heard six months ago, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and then like a couple of features, a little baby feature. Uh, I didn't really like the song, how it started, when it had like straight one, like it was one minute of like a weird instrumental and then they started rapping. I just wish they just, you know, and then they started the song, not rapping, but yeah. I wish it would have just went to the song, you know what I mean? And not mm-hmm. like that weird instrumental. Corday, now Corday's album was so good. Yes. And he's continuously progressing at like a high rate from like, from his days from YBN mm-hmm. to his last album, The Lost Boy, which was really outstanding as well to this one. And that album got me through a hard time. Man. Like, I can't say enough how good, like, Corday is, and he needs his flowers, you know, like, right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like right this second. he's young, but, like, nobody's really hyping him up like that. Yeah. And nobody really talks to him like that. Nobody listens to his music because it's positive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He doesn't, you know, rap about, you know, whatever, but. Yeah. <laughs> his, 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 his music has a message is yeah. what I'm trying to get at. You know what I mean? But, see, here's the thing. On his last project. Roddy's did too, right? You know what I mean. So it's not like to knock or say if you if you're less lyrical and you use this percentage of singing and auto tune in your music, right? Or you switch your bars up this way or that way, like you're better or worse, right? I but I just feel like the difference between these projects is that Corday delivered similar to his last you know output mm-hmm. compared to Roddy. Um, I'm I feel like one like one key thing to like separate the two albums, they both have some like interesting features and actually some of the same features like Gunna's on both Gunna, yeah. I think uh, is Lil Durk on both? 
He is, yeah. Yeah, Lil Durk's yeah. on both. Gunna's on both. And I just... But it's just how the features are used. It and, just doesn't stack up. Right. You know what I mean? So they have similar features. It's similar length. It's not like it's like one hour... I mean, one album is an hour long and one album is like just a 20-minute, seven-song EP or anything like that. They're kind of similarly crafted albums in terms of just who's on there and how long it is. But just the way, you know, the artists are used for the right beats and, you know, the right songs to play off Corday and how much effort, you know, Corday brought. He was matching the energy that, you know, the features were bringing in Roddy. Mm. I mean, that brother was just vibing. <laughs> yeah. just, was that, just vibing. That album, like, uh, and here's the thing. Have you heard a peep about it? Like, forget like forget numbers. Like, are you, like, driving out and, like, throw that Roddy on? Like, not even you personally. Like, are people saying, like, are mm. people, like, no. No. Uh, is there a music video for any of the songs? Probably like at night, but I haven't seen it. <laughs> I just, I just, it's not, it's not what I expected. Right. And it'll be fine because Roddy's a great artist. I like how we had to right. keep prefacing it, but Roddy's Roddy a great artist. is an amazing artist, and he will be back. He said so himself. Didn't he like tweet out like y'all playing with my yeah, name, so yeah, I'm coming with Feed the Streets Three? Everybody on Twitter was roasting him, calling mm-hmm. it mid. And yeah. what's so funny about his album is like when he was promoting it, he was saying it was a no skip policy, and, and it's <laughs> very skippable. Yeah, there's some skips for sure. Exactly. Um, but in terms of like you were saying, like they have like different or like kind of similar uh features on our album um we also can't forget that corday did have roddy rich on his album oh that's true yeah. <laughs> roddy better on corday's album than anything he does on his own see okay that's the i'm glad you made that point because right. that's i feel like that's the period on that but for the fifth time we love roddy rich we love roddy rich okay <laughs> Alrighty, and uh, for our next segment, we are bringing in our first guest. We have today Camilla Covington. Hey. <laughs> Hello, Camilla. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for agreeing to uh, come and, uh, you know, ask, <clears throat> answer some questions and, you know, uh, tell Sac State and the people our listeners you know who you are and what type of music you make and stuff like that yeah happy to and thanks for no i'm just kidding <laughs> no but thanks for helping me part though yeah of course <laughs> yeah. yeah so before this we had to go actually out to get her and find parking so that was pretty funny yeah, Sac State <laughs> needs to work on the parking situation here honestly we're so sorry about that <laughs> it has good. nothing to do with us though i was silly for showing up right on time like i should have been like at least 10 minutes early. Hey, no, we appreciate you for yeah. coming on time. Because artists be late. Right. <laughs> so yeah, like, and I be late as an artist. And I really want to change that. So you came on time just for us. We really appreciate yeah. it. Appreciate that. <laughs> That's love right there. Alrighty. So what we wanted to ask you already. So you dropped that album. Or was it an LP? Wait, EP? I'm so sorry. But I'm so sorry. What's up? I have icebreakers for the artists. Oh, yeah. So yes. before, you yeah. do let's, have let's an icebreaker. Let's do the icebreaker. I'm so sorry, Keith. No, your question good. is valued. You're good. I can't <laughs> wait to hear you ask He's it. so sorry. <laughs> I am. Okay. <laughs> if you were on a deserted island and could only listen to one album 
which album would it be? Oh, oh. Do, 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 do. Um, Far by Regina Spector. Oh. Why did you pick that one? I don't know. It's just perfect. <laughs> it's just a perfect album. It's not. And like for listening to it on repeat, actually, mm. listening to it on repeat could get. Because it's very rich, like candy, you know? Yeah. Damn. I'll still stick with that answer. Okay, yeah. we love it. But you're saying like it's one of those projects where it's just like it's so good, but it's almost too good to just keep listening to over and over again. Is that why you like thought about it? I listen to it a lot, so maybe maybe I actually could listen to it for the rest of the time <laughs> like okay. on an island. But that's because it has it's very colorful and there's different energies in different songs. And it's not like hip hop and R and B where the drums are constant and repetitive mm-hmm. um on a loop or anything like that. There's there's scattered drums throughout the music. A lot mm-hmm. of it's piano based. Yeah. I'm like deeply analyzing why <laughs> yeah. I could really get stuck with this no, album. But that's good though. You putting this on game. Yeah, it's it's yeah. really good. It's very unique. It's kinda weird. Mm-hmm. And you have to be in a cert you have to like embrace it in a certain type of way. A lot of it is easy to listen to for just regular like music listeners but yeah there's some really unique stuff on it and deeply emotional stuff and just it's great regina specter regina specter i'm gonna have to check that one out honestly when did you listen to it for the first time my mom listened to regina specter so she would play her albums and she has her favorite songs that are now my favorite songs uh so yeah she's um she's jewish but from russia and she moved here when she was nine and she grew up pretty poor in new york and would practice piano just on the table yeah and her songwriting and her voice uh she's just so pure like i feel like i really get to know her when i listen to the music and when I saw her, thanks for listening to me ramble. Um, when I no, saw it's all her, good. that's that's what a podcast is. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. Okay, here we go. <laughs> when we saw her, my mother and I saw her um, in Berkeley, mm-hmm. and she was up there, so sweet. Like you could just like I just like her. Yeah, I love her. If I met her, I'd be so happy. Yeah. And does she inspire your music? Yeah, she definitely inspires me to take an eccentric approach with certain word choices and like Mm -hmm. the ways that I uh, paint the picture. Yeah. Which uh, I love with the love uh, love letters and prophecies. Um, Was that a LP, EP, album? What what do you label that as? I I just call it an EP. Okay. Basically, it's a good introduction of just me, like what I like to do, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. So, yeah, it's just like a little window into yeah. Camila, basically. Yeah. Like, it, it was about time that I put out a full project with one name on it. Mm hmm. That's so. dope. So, what was the uh, inspiration behind Left Letters and Prophecies? Um, well, along with, like I said, it's like a collection of random stuff that I do. I made the cover, I was very intentional about the cover. Um, at the time, when I came up with the cover, it was initially going to be the cover for one song on the EP, Jealous. 
Wait, that's my favorite song. That's my it. favorite song. <laughs> okay, cool. So yeah, at first that was just gonna be the cover for Jealous, and but you know, the artist calendar shifts a lot mm-hmm. when because you collaborate with a lot of people. You got to depend on them. Sometimes mm-hmm. things don't go exactly planned. I needed a cover for my EP. Yeah. So I just slapped the name on it. Um, that I wanted to show elements of playfulness because my songwriting is very playful sometimes. Mm-hmm. The um, the mime and the way that the mime is like looking to the side, like I wanted to kind of show some darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that I was grabbing onto my teddy bear in the cover, yeah, it kind of represents codependency. So, mm-hmm. and there's there's themes of that throughout my songwriting in love letters and prophecies. Mm-hmm. I'm sure like, you know, as I grow, my my love songs will change and like the problems within them will change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that's just the truth of some of the stuff that I was going through at the time. Okay. Yeah. And so for the audience's sake, when did that album drop? Um June 4th, 2021. June 4th, 2021. And when you were talking about, you know, how it came to be, you mentioned like the artist calendar. Mm-hmm. And so can you kind of explain, so the album came out in the summer and you're talking about the artist calendar. Can you talk about how it came to be and why it dropped then yeah. and stuff that was going on that made you drop it then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I had just been dropping singles for so long mm-hmm. and I had gotten to a point where, and this is like, I, I would use my first EP as a very important landmark in the beginning of my career. Mm-hmm. So it was just a new it was just time for me to release a lot more music because i had a lot more on hand to release yeah the demand was there um so yeah it was just all about like riding the wave of my growth yeah and i took some time off of releasing music and did a little bit of performing you know and selling some merch mm-hmm. um it's late january and now i'm planning like two or three more singles before I drop another album later. And yeah. like the way that I plan it <laughs> is over these months, as I continue just sharing the things that I have, the following will just slowly grow and demand will yeah. slowly grow. It's just like, you know, taking care of a plant. Right. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love that. So, what I want to know is how did you get started on making music? I got started, uh, well, my first time, like, singing on stage, I was only, like, four or five. I, it was at the daycare, and we had, like, a winter showcase. Okay. And the teacher pushed me up front because she noticed my voice or whatever. At four? Hold on, wait. She was singing. (laughs) I mean. I can't sing at 21. (laughs) At four, it's like, get up there, watch. I wasn't, like, amazing or anything, but I was hitting them notes and Uh projecting, okay? So she put me up front. (laughs) Uh, I'm sure a lot of it was just the charisma at the time. My God, Mm -hmm. I was such a diva. But, yeah. uh, Yeah, and then I always wanted to be a singer after that, like, always. Mm -hmm. There's this VHS tape of me doing this walk from, um, what's that song? I'm in love, so crazy right now. Yeah, oh, crazy, crazy in love. love. Um, there's this catwalk where where Beyonce just swings, like crosses her leg over and swings it this way, and then crosses her other leg over, and swings it, and it's just so sassy. Mm. 
And there's this video of me literally doing that, like in my underwear when I was <laughs> around that age. <laughs> Always wanted to be a singer. I think I started really writing songs in high school and I still wasn't considering making it a career, yeah. just enjoying myself. But when it came time to decide, oh, what school are you going to go to and for what? I almost went to SF State for computer science. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, nice. That just would have been so irrelevant to me. I think. Um, Did you go to that, high school in Sacramento? Yeah. I, I went guess. to McClatchy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And that's a very, that, that school has a lot of good students. So it was kind of, I have like this deep insecurity about not going to school. But it's going away as people as other people kind of lean in that direction too. Yeah, it's not it's not a, you know, one size fits all type of situation. Yeah. So we here but we struggling so. <laughs> yeah. Well, we are stressed too. So. Yes. <laughs> um so we wanted to uh so you know we were talking about how you started, you know, making music. Uh when what was your first song? When did you release your first song or record your first song? Do you remember? Yeah. My Those first Those are probably two different things, huh? Well, record and when you released well i feel like i have like a good like answer because in senior year we had the senior project mm -hmm. and so i learned how to produce and like record my own song and so okay. i put it out on soundcloud when i got done yeah yeah i like that so you put it on soundcloud and i know that your ep is on spotify and apple music so at what point like as an artist, did you go from just like, oh, my SoundCloud Lucy's to actually, you know, getting further up the streaming ladder? So I had two releases on SoundCloud that performed like very well. They both had samples and I'm like, okay, it's time for me to really put stuff on Spotify. Like it was just a big thing. All my followers would constantly nag me about it and good, good thing they did. Mm. Um, so I had to remake the song Gemini with my own beat okay. so that I didn't have to get a sample cleared. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's that's when I started putting stuff on Apple Music and Spotify. It's just easier for your fans to listen to you that way. Yeah. So might as well. And can you talk about the process of clearing samples? Because I don't know how that works at all. Um, I recently had a manager that helped me clear a sample but mm -hmm. i'm not even exactly sure if it even is cleared no, <laughs> Just, no we don't even we don't uh -oh. we don't work <laughs> yeah we don't work together anymore okay um but yeah I, I i wish i could answer that question so that's just why i avoid using samples yeah or if if i like i have a song that i wrote it's one of my favorite songs i'll just drop it on soundcloud it's fine yeah so you like, don't have to deal with the whole sample clearing thing yeah right okay and uh, you mentioned that, you know, uh, your senior year, you <clears throat> you said you wrote and produced your own song. Do you produce most of your music? I actually don't. Like, um, my discography right now, none of it is produced by me right now. Okay. Um, I got a lot of my beats on, like, BeatStars okay. because they make it really easy to, like, lease a beat, and that way you don't run into any issues legally. Mm -hmm. Um they price things up a little bit on there but for me it's worth it to just like stay productive i am learning how to produce though and that's really exciting i believe on my next project i'll have at least one self-produced song okay and when can we expect your next project <sighs> like ideally it would be cool to drop it like this late this year 
like in the fall mm-hmm. i have a feeling it's gonna have a lot of emotional music so that would be a good time emotionally for people yeah and good time for me because i have like two full seasons to drop some singles yeah yeah i'm just like (laughs) constantly kind of like planning things out like this because if you don't then the time in between your your releases will really add up it's that that it's very easy as an artist (laughs) to let time slip by because you just be vibing like I, i feel like artists just be vibing I just, hope they do. Just out here doing that. <laughs> yeah, I hope they do. <laughs> and so when you say emotional music, is that like, you know, music that would be inspired by different things you have going on right now or stuff that, you know, happened in the past that you want to re-put into your music now or what would be the catalyst for that? Um, emotional music, I might I might also call it like simp music or something. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. <laughs> I have some more neo-soul and like nostalgic vibes in the demos that I have right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't write very fast. Like a lot of songwriters can just pump out songs. That's incredible, but I can't do that because I, I try to be in, intentional with every single lyric and that takes a long time for me. Yeah. But just given what I have at this moment, I can tell that the collection of all that stuff will probably be emotional. Like just looking at what I have almost done. Yeah. Like, I'm just trying to put put it out. As soon as I get done, I want to put it out. Well, what I'm going to do in preparation for your album is I'm like, I'm going to go through a heartbreak. <laughs> 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 so the, the you know the the music is just going to hit that much harder for me. You know <laughs> like, what? I don't Yeah. <laughs> like there's like a start date and the end date in mind before the music by today. What happens I if you don't drop? You know, <laughs> you know artists be holding on to the music sometimes. <laughs> but if she's like, "Oh, now I'm thinking it's more of like a spring a 2023." <laughs> no, I'm and then you just sad with no commitment. to save you. That's funny. So, um, I noticed on your project from last year, there are no features. Do I have that? Yeah. Do you think for this um, emotional heartbreak music for Key that there's gonna be, you know, like how like how does collaboration work for you? Do you think there might be features on this next one or? Yeah, I have um, I have like three features in the works Mm -hmm. right now, and actually. You know what? Looking at my music, I don't think it'll be that sad. So don't go and get heartbroken Aww. for me. Okay. <laughs> it'll probably be even if it was sad though. Just don't do that. <laughs> place, I feel like why are we why are we intentionally hurting ourselves this way? Well, I think it's actually now that I really think about it, it's probably gonna be like a mixed bag, just like love letters and prophecies. Okay. Okay. That's just what. Your girl does, okay? <laughs> so did we help you come to this realization just now that it's going to be like a yeah, mixed bag? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. I think, like, whatever. That's the easiest way to just have freedom because mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of, like, listeners expect something specific yeah. from from artists. I, I really don't want my listeners to... Um, to bring that energy to me like that so i'm gonna okay. <laughs> set my boundaries early on this is what you're gonna get always <laughs> right so that way you not you don't have to hear what we was talking about earlier well that was mid <laughs> exactly. i thought it was gonna be better exactly. <laughs> I'm all like thinking, you said it was God, a no skip policy <laughs> yeah you said it was a no skip policy but it's it's not good <laughs> plenty of skips oh god okay. i'm sure some people skipped all of my album like, no no no, no no it's too short to be skipping too much that's true <clears throat> Okay. They must really be hanging <laughs> if they skip, <laughs> skip hella in like those six tracks. Anyways, mm-hmm. okay. So, my three next features. Release. Oh, 
I yes. want to tell you about it. All right. So wh- when is this dropping? Uh, just wondering. Oh, this so. podcast. Oh, next, next week. week. Next week. Yes. Okay. So I have a song coming out. I'm trying to drop it by Valentine's Day. Okay. And oh, damn, I don't want to spoil it though. Next week. Part part of me wants to look at my calendar and see if that could line up with my promo. Hold on. Do you mind? Yeah. Do you no, guys mind? No. Go ahead. Are we part of the rollout? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Might as well. Might as well. <laughs> look at that. Keys and D my episode one. Right. Already rolling out artists. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh nah, it's it is too soon. Okay. I have I have the uh. song coming out and it's actually elements of comedy in this one. Okay. So mm-hmm. there's elements of comedy in the song? In the song, the music video, um, so you can expect something where I just don't give a fuck. I'm going to release something (laughs) that's wild and just see how it goes. On Valentine's Day or near? Valentine's Day. I'm shooting for Valentine's Day. Okay. See how how fast I can get this mix done. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Okay. Can we do another icebreaker question? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, So... If you had to describe your music in three words or less, how would you? Like, I'm Camila and my music is blank. Okay. Various. <laughs> <laughs> the first one is various. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I guess to sum it up, or I have a question that makes me wonder. Mm-hmm. Does my music feel familiar like it sometimes i really like music because mm-hmm. it has that familiarity to it like who did like, i really like off tops i really love kirby because mm-hmm. her music is what i grew up listening to damn near yeah is it familiar like that yeah no? it's it's familiar it's relatable um <clears throat> and it's just overall just like really good you know <laughs> like, Thank you. um you know i don't want to Blow, blow your head up too much i'm just kidding but no it's really good uh, i i think it's relatable especially like you know my favorite song jealous i think everybody goes through that you know emotion um, yeah especially uh with their significant others you know what i mean um but yeah it's relatable it kind of reminds me um i don't want to say that you're like similar but it kind of reminds me of SZA. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah i could no i definitely that's a good, I've always know. been inspired by her. I've right. been a big fan since 2015 or 2014, and then I saw her at Harlow's in 2015. Oh my God, it was such a beautiful night. She was so beautiful up there, <laughs> and she was she was she was a different artist at the time, you know. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. I'm so happy I got the chance to see that. I feel like I will remember that night forever, and hopefully one day I can meet her and tell her. <laughs> I think you will. You're very well on your way. And speaking of SZA performing at Harlow's, have you had any like live performances of your music yet? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Like um, tell us about it. I had this EP release on the day of the the EP release. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah, <laughs> I had that, that one, <laughs> and then I think I did. Girl, oh, my memory is so gone. <laughs> I did have two shows at Harlow's. One of them was just like last minute and one of them was planned um so i was opening for a album release for sacramento artist maddie sipes Mm. but the other one i opened for phony people and i'm a fan of them it was just random like a a friend of a friend had texted me that they were in need of an opener and i was like okay Mm. yeah 
put you know show them or I don't know just show them so how does that performance feel because like <laughs> I don't think I mentioned this before I used to rap nothing big but I had a show <laughs> that I did out in uh, Stockton we opened up for kick the sneak before he ended his wheelchair uh, um, <laughs> and when I was performing on stage uh, I got a, like a lot of adrenaline, so I like kind of screamed my last line, like it was like a screamo concert. <laughs> and then my homie was looking at me like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> so like, <laughs> how do you feel when you perform? <laughs> how do I feel when I perform? Uh, it depends. Sometimes I'm really awkward up there, and sometimes I I got the juice and I'm cracking jokes and I'm, and it's like just energy, you know. Um, but it's. I need to figure out a way to bring that out of me, like a routine. Mm -hmm. Like, because I can't just rely on, I don't know, whatever the powers of the universe grant me on that day. You know, <laughs> that's not fair. <laughs> so uh, this year, I'm going to try to work on a way to like have consistent energy on stage. It's scary though sometimes. Yeah. But warm ups really help. Yeah. Warm ups really help. I can't believe how that I performed for two years without warming up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I feel like it's one of those things where you get better with, you know, repetition where you just do it yeah. um, consistently. You I would love to go to a Camila concert, honestly. <laughs> I could see myself um, booking a show like in a couple months. I also really want to figure out how to tour. I don't know how people line stuff like that up. I need to figure that out. <laughs> do you have? Are you? Do you know a lot of other Sacramento artists that are kind of? Yeah, I, I know a lot of them. Are you one? Are you wondering that because of like the possibility of touring together? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. That's interesting. Who would I tour with? I feel like I could see myself touring with Nate Curry. Okay. Do you guys listen to Nate Curry? I don't, and it's funny that you said that because one thing I want to do every time we have a musical guest is have them put us on a one Sacramento artist that we might not know, our audience might not know, and then kind of okay. keep the chain moving. Okay. So tell us about Nate. So um, Nate is like, he he went through a phase where he was doing a very specific kind of like melodic rap, mm -hmm. and he's starting to really like open up now and lean towards his soulful like mu music, inspirations and like letting that out mm -hmm. and it's really cool um he do you guys know who hobo johnson is yes okay he's from <coughs> sack and and nate actually um toured with him okay. a couple years ago oh, that's dope and yeah now he's just like in a new phase and he's the featured artist on my next single oh. okay okay the valentine one yeah oh i can't wait yeah. You heard it here first. <laughs> no, you literally did. Yeah, you literally did. <laughs> this is like, we're like a little Sacramento Hot 97 right. or something. <laughs> this you guys is... should definitely bring Nate Curry here. Like, okay. he would love his personality. Very genuine, hilarious person, sensitive, and like quirky. You don't have to feel weird about um, being awkward or cringy in front of him. He don't care. Okay. Yeah, I love that. We love that energy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. So, um, is there anything else you would like to let your uh, listeners know, or people with Sac State know about you, or anything else you would like to say that you feel is important? Okay, um, Sac State, um, black kids, queer kids, weirdos. If you identify with any of those things, check out my music. I think you might like it. 
Love that. <laughs> but no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for coming uh, on to Keys and D Minor's pilot episode. Yes, Keys fun. and D Minor. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Thank you. No, we really, we really do appreciate it. This is, I can't imagine having had a better first guest, honestly. So really, Aww. thank you, Camila. <laughs> it's so cool to be on the pilot episode. Yay! <laughs> I can't wait to post about it. <laughs> and so the pilot episode of Keys in D Minor is wrapped up. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, make sure to check out Camila Covington's music on both Spotify and Apple Music. Thank you again, Camila, for coming on. Thanks for having me. And make sure to tune in to statehornet.com to see some of our other podcasts and shows. Until next time, this is Nige, Key, and Camila signing off. Peace.